now for the Wednesday Morning Coffee Club. Welcome to the Wednesday Morning Coffee Club with Bill and Jenny Sparks, Dave and Chris Reekard, Tim Oni, and the crew. Bill will be taking your phone calls and you will hear lots of conversation. We will have cooking tips, demonstrations of products, and much, much more. And you may reach us by calling 1-646-558-8656. You will need the meeting ID 848-725-450. And when you're asked for a user ID, just press pound. You may download Zoom from the Play Store or the App Store. And now, Very good morning, morning to you on this Wednesday morning. What is it? September the thirtieth, two thousand and twenty. God knows what edition this is of the Coffee Club. <laughs> I guess we never kept records back in those days. But anyway, here we are. I hope you're fine, uh, keeping busy here. But that's okay. We'll just put out one note today. When the first round, we're discussing whatever you're doing for breakfast or what's going on in your life, and that's fine, no problem. But if we get on a topic like we are today in the first hour and the second hour, only conversation related to that topic will be entertained. Um, and if you go the other way and start talking about something that's that's not relevant, we'll mute the call and let you come back after we're finished, and then you can complete what you're talking about. But we try to stay on the subject of the particular topic. In saying all of that, let's see what's going on in, I'm not sure Michael's back yet, in Evansville. So we'll go to Altoona. Pennsylvania. 
Well, we're doing well here. It's uh, 54 degrees and wet. We finally got some rain. The drought report comes out tomorrow. We'll find out if we're still on it because we got an inch and a half of rain. Well, that's good you got rain. Everything else going okay? We're doing well. Everything else is good. Good, good, good. All right, Jeffrey Bennett. Well, I think we can say that the weather in Altoona, Pennsylvania, and the weather in Albany are pretty much about the same. We had rain all night long, and it's I think it's tapering off now, but we also had the over in it to rain. So we really did need it, Chris and Dave. And so everyone here in the Albany, New York area is probably happy about that. So we're doing okay, and it's going to be much cooler than it has been. So uh, that means that winter is coming closer and closer, which I'm not always happy about. But I can't change the weather. I can change other things, but not the weather. Radio Tim. What's going on with you? It helps to unmute the mic, doesn't it? It does. Uh, anyway, uh, things are going pretty well here, except the twins lost yesterday. But uh-huh. hopefully, hopefully they can come back and beat Houston today and tomorrow. Anyway, and uh, got um, pretty nice weather. It's supposed to be about sixty today, and colder. Next week, they're talking highs in the 40s. <laughs> so, and I see your football team is on... Uh, they might as well give up. <laughs> well, they're on quarantine right now, I guess. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. They can't, they um, can't lose any games when they're on quarantine. Of course, yeah. they can't practice. Maybe they're better off. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they might be. <laughs> they might be. But hopefully they... I don't believe that they had any cases at all. They were just in the wrong right. place at the wrong time. Yeah. So hopefully that'll be good for for them. Tennessee had three on the team and five amongst other staff. Yeah. Cases. And just a couple general notes from you, because uh, I'm affected by this, but you are too. Really, especially two big people in the in the world of music passed away. Yep, yep. Helen Reddy and Mac Davis passed away overnight. Well, actually, I heard about it last night around ten o'clock or so. So um, we'll be playing some of their music. I, I did. We'd get a shameless plug there, but yeah, they uh, were icons in in the business. Okay, let's see here, Jennifer. Hi, everybody. You're back on your machine. How are things going for you? Pretty good. I um, have been well. While I had trouble sleeping, and I have tried melatonin just plain melatonin or extended release or whatever they call it and it really didn't work for me but i found something that has changed the way i sleep i don't think i've slept like this in years and so that's good that you found that but what's it called it's called sleep easy and i got it from a place called melaleuca and it has Two or three different kinds of melatonin in it. One's extended and one's just normal melatonin. And it has some other herbs that help calm you and de-stress or whatever. It has valerian root and several other things in it. Okay. And you tried it. How did it work for you? 
Uh, it didn't work too bad. I still woke up a little early and stayed awake for a while, but I will say my sleep was fairly restful. Um, was having weird dreams, but other than that, I mean, I don't know. You may have to take it a night or two to get it to get it going, but it didn't hurt anything. Well, I know I still wake up, but I can go back to sleep. I usually don't lay there and toss and turn and and that kind of stuff. Yeah, but good stuff. Then if that helps you and it works for you, that's good. Jenny, I thought the best way to go to sleep is a few glasses of wine. Uh, well, no, <laughs> I'm sorry. In your case, Jeff, gin and tonic. Yeah, that's uh, right. Uh, <laughs> that's true. Gin and tonic for Jeff. Um, Michael Off, what is going on with you? Oh, that much. I was here and my uh, my uh, APC started making this constant annoying tone, meaning the battery is dead, which basically means you might as well replace the device by the time you buy a new battery. So I have to pick Dave's brain on, I know he's done reviews before of uh, power backups with batteries. So uh, He did one on, uh, for the coffee club once. Yes, he did. Yeah, so... So I got to buy a couple of those. It's it, folks. It's really worth it for a couple of reasons. A, your equipment, especially your computer, TVs, electronics, will last so much longer, and it will also help your internet connection. And this is something Bill, a friend of yours, it was also named Dave, pointed out to me, and he was correct because your voltage will go up and down, and you'll lose your internet connection because of that. And so when you get something that stabilizes the voltage, uh, that will help keep your internet much more reliable. Very good information. It's good to have a battery backup. They're not meant for long term, but they will at least get you through a jam. Well, yeah, it maybe gives you a 15 minutes or a half hour, but the point is it lets you shut down your computer properly so that you don't right. you know, your work. Uh, but even more importantly, it, it extends the life. Before it's I just- used my computer the last three years, maybe, and if, if something will go bad power supply, and now I can run seven, eight years. You know, is your APC quiet? Because I had one that was noisy. It had a noisy fan in it, and it was just it just made too much noise. No, it's pretty quiet. But the new ones, they make it harder to. I'm sure Dave could do it, but they intentionally make it a little harder just to replace the battery. They wire it differently. It used to you could just pull this little connector off and just put a new battery in there and off you go. But they kind of changed the design. Yeah, now you have to loosen the cable, the two cables, and take them off, and then screw them back onto the new battery. Like I said, usually by the time you buy a new battery, you might as well buy a new unit, usually. Yeah. Yep. Then you might as well. well I always admire Dave because he's handy at that stuff. I mean, I, I was never good at doing anything mechanical, Mike, so he's very good. I mean, he could probably replace a hard drive and a computer and stuff. I'm just not good at I that stuff. I could actually do that. I've actually done that. Doug's done that, too. Yeah, and done that. Think Nugs could take care of that, Bill? <laughs> well, at least she could chew up your trashy one. <laughs> um, the only thing, Dave, the only thing I'm good at is eating lots of good food. That's, that's probably the only thing I'm uh, good at. Well, we got a few hands before we... We do. So uh, would you like me to... Oh, we got three people raising hands. So let's start with Joe in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. And then we got Bill coming up after Joe. 
Okay. Can you unmute yourself, Joe? There you go. Go ahead, Joe. Oh. Good morning. It's clear skies here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Full weather, 43 degrees up to 84, 43. So we are expecting great things and working on things that when it's completed will be announced soon. So that's the way that that is here. <laughs> oh, you got you got big deals going then. You're yes, big deals going, built big deals coming. Big oh deal. my goodness sakes, yes. Big press conference. We're going to get year You got it. You're going to get year number 9 or 10 of your book. So you never know. Oh yeah. You never know what what's going to happen. You, never, you got it. You never know. Well, good luck in that, Joe. Thank good you. Luck. Good luck, Joe. Oh, good, Doug. We'll get to you in just a moment. You can get Doug in. I'm going to get him right now. Can you get the next one, Bill? Uh, Chris, I'm going to get Doug in. There we go. And Doug is joining. And we got Bill. Okay, Bill in Chicago. You probably need to unmute yourself. All right. Okay, you're there now? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Well, number one, it's about 50-some degrees here. Supposed to get about 60. No rain. Uh, it's supposed to be a high tomorrow in the 40s. We're supposed to get a freeze tonight or frost, I say. And everything I'll do, only say, but I'm sorry, Tim. Your team just can't make it in either one of them. Uh, Bill, your team is gone. But the trouble with it is, we got three winning teams here in Chicago, and nobody can go see them. They probably could, they probably sell these places out here. You couldn't probably buy a ticket if you wanted to. The Bears 3-0 and and the Cubs and the Sox in the playoffs. I mean, it's like... This year, it's a big thing in Chicago they're talking about, but nobody can go watch them. Well, that'll pass one of these days. Oh, yeah, it'll pass. But I, I had to kind of rub it in a little bit because I, I, I had the TV on last yesterday afternoon, and, and uh, Minnesota was playing, and I watched it. They, they just blew it at the end. I mean, they got the bases loaded and walked that guy and walked the run in, and that was it. That was their, it. Their pitcher, their, pitcher, their pitcher went bad. That was. <laughs> Where were you last week on the alumni? Um, oh, you know, I, I was busy. Was I was busy, busy well, last Friday, right? Yeah I, was, yeah, I was busy. I thought of it, and I couldn't get the call in to say anything. I had some stuff here going on, and I couldn't. And we had the con- big conference call, and right, right, you right. missed all the big decisions, and Oh, my. Okay, I'll, I'll check with you later and see what, yeah, you're, I, what you're doing. I know we got that other thing coming up in November, right? Right, but you okay, missed all right. the big decisions. So, anyway. Uh, okay, well, I'll, I'll check with you because I got a doctor appointment this afternoon, but, or, yes, afternoon, but I'll check with you. I'll get okay. in touch with you and see what's going on. All right. And, oh, oh, real quick, people wouldn't know this, but can anybody that keeps prayers going, one of the alumni of the ISBVI, graduated in 50, was 57, 56, 57, I think it was. She's about 85, 86 years old. She was in the hospital, and she can't walk now. So she can't, she's not, can't be able to stand, and we'll let her go home. She, they put her in a rehab or a nursing home. And so, Who's that? Anyway, uh, Wanda, her name was Wanda Moyer. Last name oh, Bennett. yeah, Debbie, her, her Wanda name Bennett, Moyer, yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Her, her sister went to, Joyce Ann Moyer went to school there, too, but she yeah. passed away several years ago, right? Yeah. But I thought, you know, just keep her in your prayers, because I mean, she's, she can't get out of bed or do anything now. So. Yeah, we'll certainly do that. All right. uh, that's all I got to say. Uh, I'm David uh, Chris. Glad you got some rain. Yeah, <laughs> they need the rain in California, is where they need it. Yeah, they do. Was there a song that said it never rains in Southern California? Never mind. I think there was one, wasn't there? Something yes. like that. Albert yeah. Hammond did it. Yeah. Okay. 
Thanks. All right. Thanks a lot, Bill. Okay. Who's next? Guys? Uh, we got Gail, and we're going to mute you, Gail. I hope we get this right, and I hope it doesn't mute anyone else here. Go ahead, Gail. Uh, hi. Uh, it's pretty. You know, it's pre- I, it's pretty nice here. I. Do I have to? Do I have to? Un, do I have to do? Go ahead. You're on. No, you're done. Okay. Put your hand down. Is all. Okay. Um, I everything's going pretty well. I did get my new mattress. I was I was going to order a new mattress for my bed, and I finally got it yesterday. And last night I had a fairly decent night's sleep. And with this new mattress, I'm able to cl- climb in and out of the bed without having to. The old mattress was so raggedy and so bad that I, one time I just rolled out of the bed and onto the floor, and I had to call 911 to get me up to help me stand up because it was in such bad shape. But this thing should work out well, and, and uh, other than that, er- everything else is fine. Uh, you know, I'm I'm doing pretty well. Otherwise, and tomorrow they're gonna someone's gonna come and fix my shower here in the building. There are so many defects in here, I can't believe it. But hopefully, after this, there won't be anything else. So that's about it. Well, let's hope you get all those fixed. I hope so. Thank you, Gail. Chris Devin, you're up next. Hit star. You're already done it. Go ahead, Chris. I, well, the thing told me to do it, so I did it. You know, I, I try to follow orders here. Anyway, everything's going okay here. I'm taking this week off because of all the baseball games. And because uh, we had four yesterday, all the American League games, and then we got the eight. Uh, and I'm rooting for the Twins, too, because uh, I don't think anybody other than Houston fans are rooting for the Astros this year. I think I have a feeling that people really don't want the Astros to be around anymore. So I'm hoping that the Twins finally break their 17-game post postseason losing streak and uh, win today and win tomorrow. And the Bills team gets started today. The, the Reds, they'll be playing the Cubs at the noontime Eastern. So that's good. So, uh, you know, it'll be a good big eight day, eight games of uh, baseball today, and uh, that'll be a lot of fun. And we had, we had some rain, too. Um, the whole East did, I guess, and uh, it's going to be about 75 today and a little bit humid, but I guess by Saturday or so it's going to be in the 50s, so it'll be fallish weather by then. And uh, we hope that the, the NFL, we don't have a real problem with the virus as far as uh, these other teams, you know, Minnesota and you know, the Minnesota and Houston can't get a break. They they can't win their games, and then now they may not be able to play well, in games that they might have a chance to win. So uh, it's a, a bad start for them. And apparently, there's a story a friend of mine told me, and I don't know how true it is, but he heard it, that a coach for Tennessee knew that he had the virus and went to the game, you know, coached in the game on Sunday in Minnesota, and that the team knew about it. So there may be fines or you know, ramifications if that turns out to be true. That's not good. Hey, Chris, I got to add, maybe, <clears throat> I don't know if your TV has great audio, but these fire TVs do. And I think the Twins game yesterday was on ABC, if I'm not mistaken. There was definitely, yeah. a, there was, a, and I was just amazed at, uh, now I have my uh, TV equalized with some extra bass to make it sound good and stuff, but I don't have a sound bar, but I was amazed at just how good the audio was when I was listening to that game. You could hear, I, I'm almost, I don't know if there were fans in the stadium. And, uh, there were. There were 200 fans. They were uh, Twins employees, full-time yep. Twins employees but and they did have they were there and they mentioned them on the i didn't listen on i didn't watch it on tv at all i had it on uh, miss a uh through sirius xm so that's but I, where but I, I was amazed at just how good the television audio was and i was just i mean it, it was stereo was. and it sounded great it actually was in good stereo 
Yeah, that's good. I mean, no, I, uh, the uh, TV audio has improved, and of course, a lot of people have the surround sound and everything else. And you, you know, you you're sitting in somebody's living room when they have that on, and it's amazing. You know, like a hockey game or a basketball game or something or a ball game. Uh, you know, it's like you're right there. So, uh, especially when there's a crowd, as Bill said earlier about not having crowds. But um, hopefully, they'll be able to do things like that, where at least the employees, if they're testing them every day and doing the things that you need to do to run a, a workplace, uh, they might be able to do that. You know, socially distant through the ballpark other teams uh, i'm glad the twins did that that made it you know the, the difference in the crowd you sort of hear that ambient sound of the crowd that they play on these games but nothing actually happens when there's a you know somebody drops a pass and nobody goes ooh, you know like they do and so it, it doesn't go with the game and so it's kind of sterile but i mean it's, it's better no baseball or other sports at all we're having we're enjoying what we can get but um you know it's still a lot more fun when you have some fans there even if there's only a couple hundred yes true well, I can't wait for the Reds to play the Braves today. And, Chris, I heard a rumor that the Celtics want our Victor Oladipo. And I said, well, Oladipo? Yeah. Well, they need a big man. And uh, that could be something that they could work out. But I don't know what the Pacers would want or whether. Is he a free agent or would it be a trade? It's a one more year. He's got one more year, but he wants out. So uh-huh. they're talking about um, what's a guy that was from Indiana that plays there um, um, or played at Butler. Uh, the guy that was hurt oh, um, f- for a couple. Oh, oh uh, Haywood, uh, Haywood. Gordon Haywood. They're talking about yeah. that. Um, well, that might work because the Celtics need more rebounding and, and uh, you know, a big man presence. Haywood's a forward, but he's not. He's more of a small forward. So that might be something that could uh, could work for uh, for the Celtics and for Indiana. Well, we shall see. So we'll see if we can work this trade. We'll we'll get a hold of all the powers to be and uh, see we'll, we we'll take care of it. Out, okay. Bill, and uh, maybe we'll have it on. We'll have it live. We'll have our first trade on Sports Lounge Live on Sunday night. Uh, one that we've made. I mean, hey, if we can bring yeah. back B- Big Ten football and and do that kind of stuff. We we we, right. we can do it. Thanks, uh-huh. Chris. <laughs> You'll be back in a minute. Um, who's the next victim? Well, hold on. We have Alan. Alan Ramos. Can you unmute yourself, Alan? Hit start. Hit unmute yourself, please. Please. How about now? You, you got, got it. it. Um, here in Ontario, it's 58 degrees, and we'll have highs 103 degrees at least. Out here. Oh, my. And I know you need rain. Anything else going on, Alan? Not really. Not really? I got a new microphone. Did you? What kind did you get? We can tell. I got it from Walmart. I went down to Walmart and picked it up. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You just, is it a headset or is it a... uh, It's just a regular mic. Oh, just a regular mic? Yes. Well, sounds good. It sounds pretty good, Alan. It really does sound okay. And, And this time I don't have to pick up the mic in my hand and hold it. Oh. Oh. That may be kind of bad if you want to type. Yeah, but hey, you got it, so that's good. Uh, we shopped the other day on Walmart dot com, and they it was a little tricky because it had one of my old addresses, and I couldn't get rid of it. But we finally got that and ordered four or five things, and they came the next day. That's so great. that was good and free delivery. So I guess you can't beat that. Can't beat that. Anything else, Alan? Oh, no, uh, I have nothing else. Well, tell your brother we said hello. Okay, I certainly will. All right. 
Thank you. And guess our, our buddy Doug is, uh, has his hand up, and uh, he's unmuted, so he can All right, so Doug, can you, we brought you on for a special reason, unless you've got something else. No, that was it. That's. I just want to let you know I'm here. All right. Well, <laughs> Doug's here. Can I get that other hand real quick, Doug, and get and so we can have clear sailing? Yeah, sure. Do what you need to do. Get the clear sailing. We've got another hand. Yeah, Beth, go ahead, Beth. Let me see if she's muted. Unmute yourself, Beth. I know that she's big. Go ahead, Beth. Go ahead, Beth. We got okay. you now. Am I, I, I am unmuted now? Yes. Oh, good. Great. Um, is it okay to ask a, a question? <clears throat> Excuse me. My throat just started closing a little. Uh, that um, I had gotten a, a cassette player that I could put on my computer and, and see about recording some of my cassettes onto the computer, but unfortunately... It's. It actually doesn't. It, it turns off my screen reader when I take it out. The screen reader comes back. But are there cassette players that a person can put onto the computer that will be compatible with the screen readers? Well, let me ask you just a couple of quick questions about that cassette recorder. How do you plug it into the computer? With the USB. Cable. Okay. If you will go in and change your JAWS sound card to, instead of making it default, make it whatever the sound card is, you will not have that problem when you plug in your um, um, cassette recorder, and then you'll be able to use it. Okay. And you do that by going to JAWS and doing Alt-U, and then... Um, arrow down like three times and right arrow over to sound card and change the JAWS sound card to um, whatever, you know, the, the name of your sound card is and press enter and you should be good to go and should be able to plug it in. Doug, am I giving your wrong advice there? No, no, just make, no you, it sounds good. Sorry, I'm, I'm going to have to find out what my sound card, actually what it is, because now I feel like a, a little bit of a dope because I don't know. For it will, it will probably say something like real tech, audio. Just don't choose anything that says digital. Right. Okay. And there's it, only going to be one or two of them. And it will say that there. You just arrow up and down the list, and it will tell you what it is. Great. That right. sounds good. I, I knew I was going to want to ask someone about that because another friend of mine ordered this and he ended up having to, he, he ended up setting, sending it back to the company where he got it from. And well, I'm, I'm not wanting to have to do that if I can help it. Well, I don't think you're going to have to. That might be great. And hold on to that cassette player because uh, but buying new cassette products are and is very hard to find these days. I know. <laughs> write me is... if you have any other questions about it, and I think we can walk you through it and fix it. That'd be terrific. I really appreciate you guys' your help here. Thank you. You'll get it going. No problem. Mm-hmm. All right, Beth. Thank you. Are we good, Jeff? Yeah, go ahead. No, are we anyone else? Are we good? I'm trying to let me just check. No, it. no nope. hands. All right. No other hands. Doug, we brought you on for a specific purpose. You've got a new you've got a new product that you bought for ninety nine dollars and tell them a little bit about it. You can't really do a live demo of it on the air because there's no sound to it. But you go ahead. It's called the Orbit Rider and 
it has the facilities. You can hook up to five Bluetooth devices, or you could use it as a USB device or your screen reader if you really wanted to. It does not have a Braille display. It's a keyboard only. Um, it's uh, I'm not really good with measurements, but Bill, you know how large your iPhone 10 is. It's from side to side. It's about that long, and it's pretty thin. Um, anybody that has iPhones that have these carry pouches, um, the long carry, the long pouch of the carry pouches will hold this device easily. It's very thin. It's got four rubber feet on the bottom of it so that if you set it on a hard surface like a desk, it will stay in place. Um, it's got a USB, a micro USB port on the left, and it's got your, um, on starting from the bottom of the unit is dot seven space and then dot eight. Above that and above your space bar is left arrow and then your enter key or your center button, right arrow, and then up and down arrow. And you turn the device on by holding in the top and bottom arrow buttons. And when it comes on, it vibrates. I don't know if you'll be able to hear it do it or not, but let's see. Did you hear that whoop? It went like that. Yeah, that was it. Now, if it connected to my iPhone, uh, which it won't because my iPhone's unlocked and just sitting here, but if it did connect to it, it would make another little beep, and then the iPhone would make a beep as well. And then um, when you turn it off, it makes a longer beep, like longer vibration like this. So that's it. It's got... Um, how it types or writes is all dependent on how your your screen reader is set. In other words, if your screen reader is set to do grade two, then it does it too. If your screen reader is set to do computer braille, then it can do that with the dots uh, seven for the cap, etc. Um, it's a pretty nice little unit. The nice thing I like about it is uh, when I'm traveling, say, on a bus, and I need to do direct key input of anything, uh, I don't have to shout into Siri to do it on the bus. I can just uh, pull this little display out, leave the phone in my pocket, and write whatever I need to write with it. It's, uh, it's a pretty nice little unit. Yeah, Is the keyboard a Braille keyboard? In other words, six keyboard? It's a Braille keyboard. Uh, dots one, two, three are on the left, and then dots four, five, six are on the right. Uh, and that's at the top of the unit. And they're pretty good-sized keys, so if your fingers are big, you still shouldn't have any problem using it. And do they use the chord commands to do things? Is that how that works? Yes. Okay. Yeah, whatever your screen reader, Braille display chord commands are, like chord E is enter, uh, chord dots one and dot four, et cetera, you know, those kind of things. Whatever your your software is set up to do, the chord commands work with it with the space bar. Where do you get that, Doug? Um, AT guy sells it. Um, also, Guide Lights and Gadgets does. I know those are two dealers. It's ninety nine ninety five is the cost, and I believe uh, that they do charge shipping on that as well. With Guide Lights and Gadgets, you can also buy a phone pouch where you can stick the phone and this little device right there that you wear around your neck. 
Uh, I believe I read that someplace that you can yep. do that. And makes it kind of nice. It it makes it nice. Sometimes you're you're out someplace and you need to type in a bunch of passwords, maybe, or things that you don't want to do, or uh, enter some email addresses and and those kind of things. Or if anything else, you can navigate around a screen. Um, you know, I've done that with my orbit. It, this is the same principle of an orbit, only I had Braille on the screen, but a lot of times I didn't look at the screen anyway. Now, this is smaller than the Orbit 20, right, Doug? Yeah, it's it looks real similar as far as the key layout and stuff to the Orbit 20, um, the way they're laid out. But um, whoop, let's see what happened here. What kind of battery does it take, do you know? It's it's some sort of internal rechargeable. I'll tell you this. They claim that the battery can last up to three days on it, and um, it takes like a two-hour charge. Wow. So it, it it's kind of good there. I mean, if, if you're just not comfortable with swiping around the keyboard and, I mean, around your screen on an iPhone, you know, I suggest you learn to do it, but if you can't, you know, this gives you a little bit of advantage. It will, you know, you can hit the cord H key twice and go to your home screen or go to your app switcher. There's a lot of little things that you can do. I prepared a list. I've got a list of all the Apple keystrokes that you can use for this particular unit, and it was kind of nice. Because I've got all of them. I mean, every one of them. So, Well, one of the things that people complain about on their iPhones is, I can't work that rotor. How often do you hear that? Oh, my. Well, with any kind of Braille display, whether it's just a keyboard or a Braille display, cords.23 moves you back in the rotor, and cord.45 moves you forward. And that's the space bar with those dots. So it's it's so much easier to just to uh, navigate with them. Um, once you pick your poison with your rotor, for example, if you're on a web page and you pick, pick links, then your up and down arrows will go through your list of links. So how do you get that to go to the home screen? Um, uh, what do you mean? Well, like if you have if you have your uh, voiceover set. For like grade two Brio or whatever, and you want to go, if you were in an app and you wanted to close that and go to the go home without using without using the swipe, you just do a cord H for home. Oh, it's a space yeah. bar and H. Wow, right. yeah. twice for nice. the app switcher. <laughs> yeah, once takes on you home and twice takes you to the app switcher. So. Already said I want that for my birthday. <laughs> and is, uh, when is your birthday tomorrow, Chris? Is that what it is? No, just kidding. It's today. Oh, that's what I thought. Let me ask you one more question, Doug. Is are all the drivers available from, like, for example, if I hook this up and I want to interface with JAWS, it's going to work with JAWS or it's going to work with uh, NVDA? Or it, you have to it's download supposed the to. I don't think you have to download drivers for this, although I have not hooked it up to my PC to test that yet. I can do that and let you know for sure. Okay. I understand it's a pretty extensive list of commands, so you might want to learn all of them right away, but I guess you eventually can do a myriad of things. There's... I've got a complete list of them right here. How many well, do you think that is? It's a... They're also commands for the for the device that you need to learn, too, like how to pair a Bluetooth device and how to... You can change 
your sleep time on it. Like it's set to uh, go to sleep after 10 minutes of mis of non-use, misuse. <laughs> Um, 10 minutes of non-use, and I set mine to 20 because I just, you know, <coughs> don't mind <coughs> it being up that long. Um, the other thing you can do is set the uh, intensity of the vibration uh, to very light, to medium, to full vibration. Um, uh, you also can choose, you know, once you have your all your Bluetooth devices, you can choose which one you want to use with it, and you can switch between them. How quiet is the keyboard as you're tapping the keys? Uh, it's uh, it's a little no a little bit noisy. Can you hear? Yeah, but that's not that's not really any more noisy than my computer keyboard. Right, exactly. I mean, that was me typing with it on my desk, just banging it. You know? Sometimes you ever been out someplace and you want to get a quick phone number to type in or some information, an address. You know, you can put that in and save it on your phone. And, you know, th th those type of things. Or th there's a lot of u little uses for that little keyboard. Well, the one thing, I, I don't have one, but I use my, uh, I have a QWERTY keyboard for my iPhone. And the one thing I use it for a lot is passwords. Yes, that's what I was going to say is passwords. And then the unexpected time that you're out and you go to use some application, like, you know, whether it's IRA or whatever it is, and they'll say, please re-enter your password. And you're like, oh, and then you have to type it in. But with this, you don't, you know, you still well, have to type I, it in. But it's I got to tell you, I was setting up my Apple credit card with my bank account on my iPhone. And you got to put in the routing number and then the account number. And then you got to put that those same two things in again. That's really oh, a pain when you don't have a key. I don't have a keyboard. So I said, I may have to get a keyboard because that, that's really a pain, Doug. I got to tell you. Yeah. Doug, is I there agree. any delay? Doesn't you, seem you know, to be. It seems to be, uh, it seems to be pretty responsive. It's more responsive than listening to voiceover through a Bluetooth headset. Oh, okay. Well, that wouldn't but, be too bad. If you're a really fast typer, can it keep up? Um, I, it does pretty well with that, I think. Because that's not always a keyboard thing. There's some issues, or there has been issues in iOS itself. Right, exactly. Right. Yeah, it makes it nice, too, when you want to search for something. Uh, it's real easy to search for something. It's also easy to cut and copy with it. So there's, th th I mean, there, there's some good things about it. There's no question about it yeah. yeah i love the um when i'm on a website and i want to find something quickly i just do a chord f which is spacebar f and it'll say find and i type it in and chord e to enter and it searches yeah uh, were you a little leery about buying this because i know the orbit readers had had nothing about problems when you bought this thing would you say uh oh i hope it's going to be working for me which was a, did you have some trepidation about initially there was i was hoping the keys wouldn't fall off like some of the dots did on their original uh, <laughs> <laughs> devices that that's what i was uh, so far so good <laughs> a little bit worried about that but i knew the braille display couldn't go bad we may have gary with the question we got gary with a hand raised so uh go ahead gary i know you're unmuted go ahead gary well hey everybody and a special hey to chris uh first of all uh did i hear you say you can pair it with more than one device yes oh cool okay so um uh uh, so I can pair it with both things. And so now is the chord keystroke, is that 
I used to have Braille and speak back many years ago. Is that, what, four, five, six, and some other letters that I you do that? The court is usually space bar with a combination of whatever. Okay, that's how you do space that. Space bar, okay. E is cool. enter. Right, okay. You know, space I've heard that. Right. And for those I've who may not know, Doug, where did you buy this, and can you just give us information on where you bought this from? Um, actually, I, I bought two of them because I bought one for um, our council for to give away it, not to give away for a convention uh, item, and I bought that from Guide Lights and Gadgets, and I bought the one for us from uh, AT Guys. Now, did you buy the extra package with Guide Lights and Gadgets? The yeah, whoever buys it on our auction will get the uh, training material too. There's a training thing that uh, Lisa Salinger did for it. And um, that's included in what what uh, Barry sells that too. He sells that as a package with the carrying case and uh, the training material. Right, and so the carrying case kind of nice for it, and the you know where you can carry it around your neck and with your phone. And, you know, does that actually have to go around the neck, or can you put it like so it's like uh, on your shoulder? Well, the lanyard's on the front. You can put whatever you want. Uh, the you know the lanyard holder. It's got um, like a oh a little uh, hole thing on each side, and you just string whatever it is your strap through it. So it's whatever you put on it. It could oh, okay. be a sho- uh, shoulder thing. It could be an armband. It could be whatever. Cool. So it just makes it kind of nice. I mean, you can yeah. just travel with it and. Type away. I've I've done grocery list with the Orbit Twenty. I've done all kinds of different things that uh, has worked with it. You know, typing, especially looking for something. So it. I mean, for the price and understanding, there's not going to be a real display. But if some people are a better Braille writer, this really helps you get around the phone. Well, I could see it could be very useful if you want to send text messages and you don't want to dictate them with Siri. Sometimes right. that gets screw up. But the really nice device, Doug. Well, the thing is, you know, you could even hook it up to your TV and have Braille uh, key, keyboard input if you wanted to, like your Fire TV or something. True. You, you can do that, too. And some of those passwords are kind of hard to enter on those. I mean, you can do that with the Amazon, but uh, it's not so easy. But it does make it nice for just quick writing, quick quick phone numbers, quick whatever. It it, it just works. And it, the pairing process is not a problem when you to, to pair it to your Bluetooth device, Doug. It, it's pretty seamless. It's it's fairly seamless. It um, the instructions. That's one of the first thing the instructions tell you. And I did have to go to the website uh, to get the instructions, the uh, Orbit Research uh, website for it. But once I got them, it's it's real straightforward. Is it pretty similar to the Orbit 20 where you go pick just works or something like that? No. You, you actually have to press a combination of um, left arrow and something else with with uh, dots 1 through 5. And then dot 6 is your um, your USB. So it's up to five Bluetooth devices, and the sixth one is for a USB. Oh. That would be a one-time thing, wouldn't it? Hopefully. Yeah, once you set it up, uh, put all your devices in it, then you can just switch from them once they're paired. And go. 
Now, the one thing is, and most Braille displays will do this, too. Um, if your phone is unlocked, oftentimes it won't pair uh, until you lock it and then unlock it, and then everything pairs just fine. In other words, if I turn my Braille display on now and the phone's unlocked, it may not pair until I lock and unlock the phone. But all Braille displays have that issue with the iPhones. Have you tried it? Of course, you don't. You may not have any Android, but would it work with an Android? Sure, it should. Yeah, yeah, works works with an Android. So just a small device that's very serviceable that will not break the bank. But if you find yourself in a need for something like that, it might push you over the edge with the iPhone. You know that that's the thing. It might. And then it will give you more confidence and make you learn and explore more as you go along the way. And the only other thing I'll say about it is, um, at least with the iPhone, um, Spacebar plus K puts you in help mode so that you can press all the other combinations to find out what they do. It's a good and plan. then Space Chord and B, or the Backspace key, uh, Escape, etc., gets you out of the help. Now, how do you emulate the swipe gestures? Like left, right, or two or three finger taps, or those kind of things. I don't know if you can do all of them. You know, I used to know, and I can't remember now. <laughs> you probably go to my point. list of things that might be able to tell you how to do it. I think I've got a list of those keys that might work for you. I think I might have a, a list of those, Mike. Okay. Yeah, I, I would think so, but that all that's based on what Apple tells them, uh, right. you know, in the software. It's right. It's not device specific; it's software specific. Right. And I've got a huge list of them that I went out and looked up, and so I just made a record of it so we'd have it, and it works. Yeah. Well, there we go. Anything else for Doug before? I think Mike just had a question. Go ahead, Mike. I didn't know if you can program any. Like shortcut center to maybe launch an app or something. I don't think so, um, but I, I can't. Since I don't know, I'll like tell you I don't know. Like <laughs> uh, let's see. I think we got one more from yeah, Alan. Alan, can you ask your question? Oh, hold on a second. Unmute yourself, Alan, please. Does the SD, uh, does the Orbit Rider have an uh, SD card uh, where you can start things on the SD card? No, it, it's okay. an input device only. Okay. There is no storage. That was a quick answer. You can only type with it. It does not. You can't store data on it, and right. you can't read data from it. So there will be a, some new Braille displays coming out soon too. So. Keep in mind that it's really like a, like a glorified Braille writer in some respects, Doug. Right? I mean, that's what you're, yeah, that's, it's a Braille keyboard. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's all it is. Is a Braille keyboard, but some and, people prefer typing in Braille. And the price is right. I mean, I don't think that. Well, I mean, I know that everyone can afford it, but I mean, ninety nine dollars doesn't seem to be unreasonable for this device. Yeah, there, uh, there are Bluetooth keyboards that are cheaper, um, but then you. Um, you either pay for a cheap folding one that might break or whatever. So it's whatever you decide to do, you know. Yeah. Worked real good. Well, Doug, thank you so very much. Thank you for having me on. 
All right. Behave, Thank Doug. You. Behave, Thank Doug. You Be- Bill said he might pay you. He'll pay you tomorrow for what you did yesterday. No, never mind. I'm just kidding, yeah. Doug. <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably true. It's true for the course. Doug's used to that. He's used to that. Do we have any other quick questions before the hour is coming up? Because well, we've, we've got a real big hour the second hour. Well, if Bill has if Bill has a quick question. Okay. Uh, can you unmute yourself, Bill? And if you can, there you go. Go ahead, Bill. Yeah, this sounds like a real good thing. I was thinking about maybe looking up myself. But uh, this is kind of on the same subject, electronic stuff. Did you guys happen to hear the latest, I guess you'd call it a webinar thing from uh, Freedom Scientific or JAWS about the new coming out in 2021 with the, you can talk to the computer now or you can do your Zoom check by voice by decreasing your size of print or whatever it is. There it is, was on their last last cast they put out. Right, right. There's some dictation in JAWS now. Well, you right, call right. it Sharky, do this, do that right, right. in the mm-hmm. 2021. I don't know if you, if you heard it or not. But it yeah, right. I think we'll be yeah. doing more on that. But they're right now in their beta cycle. Yeah, they are. It doesn't come out until what, next, the end of next month. Or got right, beta. and you just have to have a microphone right. on your computer. Most people do, but and you're able to tell it to do certain things, and you call it sharky. And and the right. word is, if you're a broadcaster, uh, you might want to turn that off because it can mess with your sound card stuff. Great. Ouch. <laughs> I don't want that to happen. I use the sound cards quite a bit. Yeah. Another thing. And I was going to ask. I was going to ask Doug one more question. You talk about you can get a, a pouch and carry this around your neck. Do they have it where you can kind of the pouch you can put your phone and it in the same thing and you can carry it on your belt, like I do my cell phone in the belt pouch. I don't like I don't like walking mine swinging around my neck. That's what I don't care for. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I, I'm not aware of one. Um, the one that um, Guidelights and Gadgets sells. It's just a uh, leather pouch that's got like. Um, Cord, a cord that goes around your neck. I'm not aware right. about one. I don't know if there is one. Yeah, I would assume somebody would have one, but, yeah, but I, just, I just like when you said that. I thought, well, did they have the the belt clip one? Because that's what I carry my iPhone in on the big belt clip thing. And I thought I just don't like that swinging around my neck when I'm walking or. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Know what personal, personal, the one is to me, right? Right, that's all I had. You could buy a strap to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I think, Mike, you had one more question before we break for the hour. I was just going to mention, since we're talking about Braille, of course, that uh, if you are a Bard user and download any Braille content, they are... Uh, some folks can get a free 20-cell display that you could use on your computer or phone or uh, store data and read NLS Bard material. And right now that's Kentucky, Ohio, Iowa, and Utah. And I think soon they're going to expand to Florida, Maryland, and I don't know, a couple other states I don't recall. But, of course, the states getting it first uh, are, of course, ones that have a better support system and can actually help their users to learn how to use it. But I'm sure we have listeners in a few of those states. So uh, just contact your regional library and, and get one of those. And Mike, Do you know whose device they're using? Is it humanware? I'm trying to remember now. They, it, it said it emulates a certain model but i well they actually have two different ones uh if you go listen to the what do i call that show bill uh, uh tech t- not tech yeah. tidbits but uh the tech talk tech talk but i haven't seen the podcast downloaded yet yeah it came out monday it finally uh, came out a couple weeks, they, they pushed out two on monday so if you subscribe to the tech talk um 
it came out. And they were also talking about how you could hook up a mouse to your uh, iPhone. That might be for some folks, help them navigate that way by using that lightning to USB adapter. I don't know, Doug, did you ever find a good use for yours? You hook up your mixer or anything to your iPhone? Hey, you know, I did hook my mixer up to it and did a recording with a pocket recorder. It recorded music really well. I was surprised. Yeah, it sounds really good. It works really yeah. well. And by the way, I don't remember the exact date, and you probably do remember it, Mike, because I think you, you told me it, but I, I know that iPhone is, I mean, Apple's going to have a uh, session in October on the new iPhones coming out. I just don't remember the exact date, so if you have that handy, uh, but I, mean, I know they that. announced it? I, I, I know they announced it, but I... heard I, maybe around the 12th, but I don't know if it's... Yeah, that's what I was told, too, but I'm not sure if that's definite, but, that, but be aware that that's coming up. So we shall see when it's going to be, but they should announce the new iPhone 12. It's going to be a small one, too. If you like small phones, the new iPhone, one of well, them is going to be... It's not going to be as small as the SEs. It's still, I think, way 5.4 inches. So even the small one will be a little more size. But they're projecting four different sizes, I think. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of changes. 6.1, 6.4, maybe, and 6.7, I believe. Yeah, let's just let's get a laptop here. Almost an own tablet. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's I one other quick thing of news yesterday. I was finding intrigued. I don't know what folks will think about this. This is kind of like Big Brother, but Amazon's doing a lot of stuff, so I won't go into that. But one thing that they're going to launch is a system that you can use for their stores, and they're going to market it for other companies as well. But so basically, when you go into the store. You could input your credit card and do a handprint, and then all you have to do is swipe your hand across a meter to buy things. So it's not like it's not a chip, you know, not a chip in your body, but it's the next best thing, I guess, or the next worst thing, depending on your outlook. Somebody's watching you. Well, this was going to be a topic for today, but we're not going to now. But it was a flying drone camera that Amazon was releasing. On their, on their new that, releases, yeah. Yeah, not only that, there's something that Dave and Chris might be interested. They got technology now that will you can use. It'll go out into your yard and go down to, like, your mailbox or go down the street. and. Uh, yeah, with my luck, it would run away. Oh, but that would be so cool if <laughs> it, it worked. Yeah, yeah, you could put it on Flash, and that way they could find Yeah. Yeah. He's two blocks away, but he's still interconnected. Yeah. Yeah, there's in the flying camera in the house, so that's the one that intrigued me. Oh, that'd be a cat's friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What oh. if we'll open the mailbox and get the mail? Mm, I don't think so. I think you mean like thing in the uh, in the Adams family mails in and it, the hand comes out, opens the yeah. mail. Yeah, yeah, and brings it back. <laughs> yep, that's yeah. what we need. Yeah, that's what you need. And then if they would just read it to you too. Yeah. Oh, we can handle that. I'm willing to handle part of it. I'm willing to do my part. Yeah. You feel comfortable having a handprint to be able to shop with a handprint. Well, I use a hand, I use a fingerprint, a fingerprint to open my to open unlock my iPhone. So what's the what's the difference really when you think about it? Yeah, but it's your device. Whereas this is you're at a public store, you know, and they've got you know your handprint. So I don't know. I just thought it was kind of interesting. Amazon's doing a lot of interesting stuff. Well, I know that uh, the J.C. Penney's uh, went out of business here in Albany, and they may be, who knows, it could be an Amazon fulfillment center. I know that, that they're, they're putting those in the area now, too. I just never know. Well, I guess we've reached the top of the hour. 
And we're going to turn it over to Chris and Dave in the second hour. And this will involve everybody. So you can call in and they want you to be really interactive this second hour because they're going to talk about something that's near and dear to me. And that's safety devices we use in the home. And we almost have had two occasions for that this week. So it's really, really important. So take it away, guys. Okay, we're going to talk about safety devices, and we're going to talk about several, and that's why we're making it interactive. But as Bill said, please stay on topic, because if you don't, and if you branch off into something else, you will be muted. I know this because I have charge of the mute button. So anyway, um, we're going to talk about several things, and if you have any questions or comments or at the end, if you have other safety issues that we haven't talked about, please feel free. We're always looking for suggestions. So the first, I tried to make a, a list, and it's not a terribly long list, but it was the things I could think of. Um, and we've talked about this a little bit already, but it's that time of year to change your batteries. Dave? Well, like if you have a talking thermostat, for example, um, they are battery operated and you do need to change the batteries. We usually change ours around this time of year. Um, of course, the thermostat will let you know when the battery gets low, but you don't always pay attention to it. So We, we kind of tie the thermostat and the clock battery, which that's not a safety thing, but it, both batteries we tie to Thanksgiving so right. we don't forget. But it, it's always a good idea to do that kind of stuff because the last thing you want to happen is the thermostat not work because the batteries are dead. And <laughs> if you have an outdoor thermometer that uses batteries, that can conceivably be a safety issue as well because you want to know if things have refrozen outside or whatever. Uh, for a good example of that is the the talking clock that you can buy at Maxi Aids and Independent Living Aids that has a it comes with a outdoor sensor and those sensors may last. Oh, the batteries may last maybe three or four months and so you need to change those batteries because i know in our case we have a 200 foot driveway and so if we need to go to the mailbox or whatever we kind of want to know before we step out whether we've got ice out there you know whatever the case may be and of course if it says the temperature is like 28 degrees outside you might want to at least know that so that when you go out, you know, you can be really careful. And even if it's dry, it tells you if it might be refrozen at the bottom of the driveway where it meets the roads in the road and there's a tiny dip. But anyway, that's a good reason that that can also be a safety thing. And then the next item we have, we've done a demo on, but smoke detectors. So you need to check out your smoke detector, replace it if you need to. Well, um, first alert, for example, makes a smoke detector with a 10-year battery in it, which is really nice. But there are a lot of the older smoke detectors out there, and they work really well as long as your batteries are good. And you want to make sure, especially in the kitchen, if you want to, you know, you should have one there if it's possible. 
Well, um, yeah, if it's possible without it going off all the time. Yeah. You've know, you got to be kind of careful about your location. Because you don't, you know, like if something is burning, you know, you might want to, and you're not really paying attention, you might be doing something else, and the uh, if the detector doesn't go off, you might not realize it right away, and it could but, wind up being a real problem. There's a really odd phenomenon that happens in this house sometimes. <laughs> you You can, you can not smell the smoke when you're standing right there at the stove but there might be smoke off in the house down the hall a little bit it's just really it's got something to do with i don't know the way air flows yes it's really nice to be able to keep an eye on those we had one the, the other day where the towel was in the oven and trust me there was no problem in smelling that smoke uh, yeah. <laughs> right there or a, away from it, but a a plain dish towel in the oven. Well, oh, not good. Yeah, that's not good. That's uh, a good fire hazard right there. Oh, for dinner. Huh? Yeah. Well, one of the things I do if if people have been here, like at Thanksgiving or whenever, is I, before I turn the oven the, on the next time... I will just swipe through both shelves because you never know. Yeah, somebody could have food let they accidentally left in there, which we're really safety cautious people. Well, here. I don't like to clean up messes either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the- um, I was going to mention real quick. We had a weird experience with. Um, I was. Um, I had lit the pilot light on our fireplace and <laughs> and just decided to test it. Well, you know, when you haven't run it all summer, it smells a little funny. And um, all of a sudden, our carbon monoxide detector in the basement decided to start beeping. But it was only beeping every 30 seconds, just a real short little beep. And... Uh, I thought, well, I don't know what this is for here. uh, So we called the gas company, and they came out and looked at everything. They said everything looked fine. And then he looked at the carbon monoxide detector, and he said that it's the end of service alarm. Uh-oh. <laughs> and and here, here, that just happened to go off when I was starting up the fireplace. <laughs> well, that's that's one thing that's really nice about some of the newer smoke detectors because they are also carbon monoxide detectors, and, right? Which is really nice because the last thing you want to know, want to know, you don't want to know about it, but you might find out the hard way is a gas leak. And that's another safety thing. Carbon that didn't make my list, so thank you. <laughs> and then the uh, the other thing, it's that time of year now where you're going to most likely going to be starting to use the heat. So um, the first thing that you need to do, if unless you have somebody else that can do it for you, is change the filters in your furnace. Turn your furnace on. Let it run through a cycle. Make sure that the furnace is actually going to start. And, and that, stop. And stop when it's supposed to because things... Crazy things can happen, and um, so uh, I just tested. Well, we've actually had to use it here a couple times. But we tested it back in August, the end of August. And then, and then, of course, we actually did have to use it after that. So it's on right now. It's it, not running, but it's 
set to run if it needs to. It's a really good idea to uh, to check that stuff out. And in most furnaces, and Tim, you I know you know this. It, it's very if if you're mechanically inclined, it's not hard to change a filter in the furnace. You know they're they're pretty easy to take care of. Yeah, some of them they make a lot easier to change than others. I our, We have an older furnace, and it has the kind where you wrap it around the drum and, uh, you know, around the little cage that they... Yeah. The gun you have uh, to cut. You have to cut your yep. own filter. Yeah. I had and one like that in my old furnace in Little Rock till, until we replaced it. Yeah, the yeah, new ones yeah. now, they well, they make all kinds of... Now they even have uh, electronic filters. I don't really care for them because i don't think they work that well i had one for a while and i took it out because it half the time it's supposed to do this ionizing thing and all this kind of stuff and it, it didn't do it so yeah i you know, agree I, I took it out and put a regular slide in filter. yeah I, it, it seems when I, I own my home it was a slide in filter and I, very easy for me to change as a matter of fact the guy that serviced my furnace said here we, we given we're giving you some extra filters and he said this is how you put it in and and that was what, all i had to do but do you recommend now i had a service contractor they would come in every few months to do service on the furnace and the central air conditioning do you recommend that dave we usually have uh, at least the air conditioner serviced now because I can do most maintenance on the furnace. I, I guess I was a little bit lucky and was able to do that. If you can't do it, I would recommend one. I had one when I was in Little Rock. It, it's always a good idea to have, you know, a backup plan because I might not be able to do it, and then we would have to get uh, a service person to come in. We have uh, people come in. Uh, once in this, usually in the summer, the beginning of summer, and check out the AC, make sure it doesn't have any leaks, or make sure it doesn't need charge. Because I'd be in a lot of trouble if the air didn't work around the, here. The other, the other thing is the reason I carried a contract in Little Rock was because if you carried a contract and got them to service it twice a year, if something went out, whether it was in the heat or the air, you got priority, so you got to move to the top of their list. Yeah. That's a nice thing. We do have a hand raised from Bill. Okay. And Bill, if I'd love, if you'd like to unmute yourself, please. And uh, I believe it is Bill. I believe it yes. is. It is. Are you there, Bill? You there, Bill? Nope, not yet. Well, okay, now it's there now. Okay. Yes. It said my microphone was still muted. I thought I muted. Uh, I was going to say, you're talking about smoke detectors. Um, I got a real good friend. He's a fireman here in the Chicago Fire Department, and he always checked my stuff. And he said, one thing that people make a mistake, if you got a basement, he said, you should always put a smoke detector over top of the basement door because you could have a fire in a basement. It may take a while for it to get to you, one on the upper level. And also, if you live in an apartment building, and he said, you should always put one, if, if you got one in the apartment, but you should always put one over the entrance and exit door of your apartment because you could have a fire in another apartment and before the smoke detector ever got to you it might be too late or, or might be more serious yeah you're so he right was saying that. that's where you should put your smoke detectors in those spots and the same way the carbon monoxide he said uh, put one over the basement door or close to mine on mine i got one that is is actually right over the furnace but on the next level up and it works and that's about the only thing I know, and of course, then you just talk about some of the clocks. I've got a clock, I haven't changed the batteries in for two years. <laughs> it's, it's a talking clock, and it hasn't, it hasn't changed, I haven't changed the batteries for two years for that thing. I just want to see how long it's going to go. 
Yeah, some of them you get some pretty good battery life and others you don't. So our next topic on safety would be something that we realized we didn't have, and that's a fire extinguisher. Well, we did have one at one time, well, yeah, and but I never replaced it, and so that was my fault. <laughs> but I got to looking around, and, of course, we knew, and I don't know, you probably do too, there are several kinds. There's some multipurpose. There's some that are specifically rated for electrical fires. What we bought was a multipurpose, especially for kitchen. Now, it will do other things, but... It was especially rated uh, on its kitchen extinguish capabilities for grease fires and things like that. So it hasn't come yet. It's a first alert. I found a number of different brands. There's first alert, and there's a very popular one I didn't know about. It They're called KID, K-I-D-D-E is the spelling, and there's a lot of those around. Yeah, and, and most of the ones, especially for the kitchen, it's always a good idea to have that around. And, and I just, it just slipped my mind or whatever um, because I was used to the old one being there and it, it got thrown away because it didn't work. And we looked for one that especially said could be hung, which is a lot of them anymore. And also you need, from what I can tell, you need a, a, a two or three pound one is adequate. Yeah, because you want enough of that stuff that's in there when you when you go to spray that thing to put a fire out. You want to make sure you got enough of that stuff in the fire extinguisher. Extinguisher. And, and how long do the, the, the charges last? Us? I've had one in my apartment uh, when I first moved in about in 2014, and I've never used it for six years. Do you think it needs to be replaced? Because I've never touched it. I mean, it's in my, it's on my kitchen counter. Um, the the only way you would find that out would be. Um, well, I guess it's a lot of them do have a gauge, but that's not going to help us much. A lot of some of them now have a test button too. Yeah, well, well, you can pull the pin out. There's a there's a pin that locks the trigger, so whenever you press it, it doesn't activate. And just give it a real quick squirt. I know uh, my wife did daycare, and they were required to have them serviced every year. Probably wouldn't hurt, but you know. <laughs> Somebody like me that forgot. They're, they're not <laughs> terribly expensive either. You can get them. How you know. heavy are they? Um, Most of them don't weigh any more than, what, Dave, 10 pounds? Oh, I didn't even think they're that much. So no heavier than a Perkins for sure. Now, how hard would it be to, for example, that towel in the oven that had fallen in the oven or however it got in the oven? How hard would it have been to spray that, or would that have been a case for a fire extinguisher? I don't know if I would spray that unless you knew the towel was on fire just because of the mess you'd have to clean up. But one of the things that they tell you when you read about them is, I forget the name of the chemical. It's sodium something, but it's designed to not be caustic or anything and or, or harmful to your appliances because you don't want to spray just anything on the stove or on burners or elements. But we chose one that that's why we chose one for kitchens, especially. So the, they 
they work and how long do the batteries last in these first alerts or do they say well, they don't have they batteries. don't have batteries they, they have a pin you pull oh yeah okay. it's like a pin that you pull out and that lets you squeeze the trigger you can't squeeze the the trigger on the, the unit uh when the pin is in there so and you pull the pin and then when you squeeze the trigger it's going to release the stuff so you'll hear it make noise when it releases it oh yeah makes a, oh it yeah makes a very loud hiss noise so when you stop squeezing the trigger it will stop so i guess you could have given it a little spray maybe but sounds they, like it wasn't on fire so i mean technically flaming it sounds sounds like it was just have they totally gone away from dave the the ones that used to you know turn upside down I haven't seen those in years, Tim. Yeah, you don't see them around too much. I don't know anybody that still has one of those. Boy, did they ever create a mess. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know, because I went to nursery school, and me and me and my, my buddy purposely turned over one of the extinguishers when I was a kid, so <laughs> we get in trouble for that one. <laughs> oh, I thought you said you went to nursing school. I don't think yeah, so. I was, I, yeah, I about like you went to chef school. Yeah. I, I was in a house where they, uh, they put one on the wall, and they just used a, a wood screw, and it went through the plaster lath. It wasn't into a stud. Nice. And, oh, nice. Uh, somebody slammed the door, and it fell off <laughs> well and that brings up another point there tim is um another thing that it might be nice to have and we did a demo on this a long time ago as a stud finder because <laughs> well that could be a safety issue if something because we like we have a mirror and it's a big heavy mirror well we had to buy mirror hangers and we needed a stud finder to, to be able to find the studs and, like, if you wanted to mount this thing on the wall, which is really a good idea if you can. Well. Um, now, if you have a, an old plaster wall, you're really going to need a stud finder to find the stud because, uh, and, and they're cheap. They don't, they don't cost much. And yeah. It's it, a good idea to mount them because they don't get moved around that way and you know exactly where to run and grab. I used to have these fire extinguishers that... I think Dad got them at the fair or something, and this man that demonstrated them, he put, it, it looked like a spray can, and he had all these papers in his briefcase and set them on fire, and the thing put it out. It smothers it. I don't know, but it was supposed to be able to be used in electronics and not do anything to it. Um, another topic that we don't talk about much, but, a, uh, you know, in the kitchen... Well, not just in the kitchen, but especially in the bathroom or maybe in the laundry room. The receptacles that you plug your appliances in should be what is called GFI or ground fault interrupter. Because what will happen is for whatever reason, and you lose a ground and it might be on an appliance cord or, or something like that. This ground fault thing right in between... Well, if if you take your hands and you, you touch the receptacle, don't stick your fingers in it, but you find the holes, there's two holes in the top and two holes in the bottom, and right in between those two sets of holes, there's a little button. And what will happen is if, if you don't have a good ground, that button's going to pop out and it's going to shut the receptacle off. And they recommend those, like any place where you have uh, 
like a washing machine where it where you plug the washing machine in because if you get a leak a water leak or something you want that thing to shut the receptacle off or any place where you're going to be around water yeah like you know, my kitchen has it um I, on the where my where i plug my coffee pot in i saw my first one years and years and years ago in a hotel oh they have them all over the uh-huh. place in hotels yeah. they have the ground fault interrupters we have some and we have i know two in the bathroom i know we because a, in the kitchen a lot too. of old houses they're not using the they're not using a, a regular straight ground and that can give you a problem and if you don't have one in there you should at some point have a ground fault interrupter put in there because um it's really a good idea because i don't know um I'm sure Bill Levy probably remembers this. And on some of the older houses, if you were standing on a concrete floor and you touched the receptacle, it would shock you. And it took electricians a while to figure out that the, what they needed was that extra ground in there. And that eliminated the problem. But I know when <clears throat> uh, the first house that my dad built and the electrician when he did the wiring in the house, forgot one of those crown wires, and uh, there was a problem. If you were standing in your bare feet on the concrete floor and you touched one of those to go to plug something in it, uh, it could send you for a loop. Also, while we're in the kitchen, um, and this most people know this, but it, they're kind of hard to find sometimes, a good set of oven mitts that you like i mean they can be whatever as long as they work well for you and give you a firm grip on things so that's that's important and they can be a little hard to find where'd you get uh, those welders gloves dave because that's that, i'm interested in that because they may be a little thinner than the silicone those, ones I have. those come from amazon actually okay. uh i let's see I'm trying to think. I can. Well, I think we can probably send you a link, Jeff. Okay. They're not very expensive. Now, what? What? These are actually they're welding gloves. It's actually what they are. But but um, they're thin, um, and you can still feel through them because they're you know because they're pretty thin. But the idea of these now, you couldn't hold something 400 degrees for like. Uh, any more than about 15, 20 seconds. But what it does is it allows you, like, for example, the June oven, for example, if you need to plug the probe into the jack on the uh, inside the oven. And if you need to do it after it's preheated for whatever, or unplug it. Or unplug it. Um, they are really nice to have because you can feel exactly what you're what you you're looking for, and you can hold it long enough to be able to uh, use those. I was going to mention that with mitts, this is kind of a safety thing, oven mitts. Don't ever use one after if it's a little bit damp. That's, That's the right. truth. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. it'll transmit that heat right to your fingers. Yeah, Found been, that out the hard way. Yeah, there's been yeah, a lot I of have people who have made that mistake. <laughs> yep. And that's the nice thing about those welding gloves because that it's not affected. But yeah, like I said, now it won't. I wouldn't recommend you holding that thing for two minutes or something like that because that's not what they're made for. But they're made for 
you know, you take something out of the oven and you want to bring it over and put it on the table. Or you need you to have your spot the, spot ready. Right. And you can carry it over there and set it down and and it works fine. We use it. We use them all the time with with ovens or, you know, like taking things out of a regular stove oven, you know, because you can put your hands in there and get a hold of the stuff and take it out without having to worry about as long as you don't keep it on, on your in your hands for, you know, any more than about 20 seconds or 30 seconds at the most. He can hold things longer than I can, but if you have your place ready right there, it's not a problem. I actually had a pair of oven mitts. I could actually take the, uh, take the steak on the broiler and actually pick it up with the oven mitts and turn it over without having to use a fork or a spatula, and it worked. I had no problem doing that. I have some that I can do that with, too, but I don't have real good control. Um, they're they don't, they don't fit my hands real well. It's it's the of glove, and I don't really care for it. It'll work, and they're waterproof, but I just don't have as good a control as I like. Bill, you have your hand raised. Uh, can you unmute yourself? I have one question, and if you could do that, would be appreciative. Yeah, go ahead, Bill. You're unmuted. Yeah. Only thing I was going to mention, you guys have mentioned different oven mitts. I bought some from what was it called, Blind Mike. You know, that's it. Blind Mike Mark. Yeah, yeah Blind Mike Mark. I bought a pair of his that are some time what they're made out of, but I mean, you can hold something up to 500 degrees, and you can also, they're thin enough that you can actually feel your food in the skillet if you want to, you know, you got to touch it to turn it over. Or you can, and they're, they're really good, and they're, they're not cheap, but I mean, they're, they work real good also. They're probably similar to what uh, Chris, or, I mean, Dave has with his welder's mitt. I haven't, I've never welded mitts. I saw them years and years ago, but I don't remember. But yeah, this, they, these aren't things. really mitts. They're, it, they're yeah, gloves. It's actually a they're glove. Gloves. I, mean, I meant gloves, right? Well, like this, this blind mic thing is gloves also. You got the fingers, you can use it. And it goes up, oh, maybe the length of them will depend on the size of you. But mine goes about maybe not quite halfway up my forearm because that way, if you're reaching the oven and you happen to hit the top of the oven with your forearm, you're going to burn it if you're reaching for something in there. Right. Yeah, we've been there, done that. <laughs> right. Yeah, so, yeah. especially. And, and and Dave, real quick about that electric thing. I know because I did that once in the barn, our old barn. And I went to touch the outlet to do something. And, yeah, I I, uh, I, I didn't get knocked down, but I got I got a good jolt. Yeah. Well, I'm 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 gonna tell you a little bit of a story here that well, it's not really a story; it's a truth. But in the house that I used to live in, that I had, you know, back in in the '80s, early '90s, um, in our bathroom, we have we had a well, we had a, a well pump at the time, and <clears throat> I got a bath one night, and I noticed that when I was in the water and I touched the water faucet, I was feeling it wasn't bad, but there was a tingle. I could feel it in my fingers, and I knew that there was some, there was a voltage problem. So I took a, a voltmeter and I put um, the voltmeter, the, one, of the, the, one, of the, one of the leads on the drain, you know, in the bottom of the tub, and the other, uh, the other lead I put on the... Uh, water faucet and I put my meter on AC voltage, house current voltage. I got two volts. Well, it's actually um, 1.9, but anyway I called an electrician and I, I told him about this 
And he came down, and he, and, you know, he looked, and he said, that, that, that can't happen. It just can't. I said, well, I'm telling you what, you get your meter, and you and you take a look, and you're going to find this voltage. Because the problem is, when you're in water, you know, that amplifies that voltage. So what might be 2 volts might feel like it's 60 volts. And so he came down with his meter, and he put it on. He said, I'll be doggone. He said, you got 1.9 volts there. They well, he did it, went into this panic stage. He called the electric company. They came down. They brought like three trucks came down to the house, and they were checking everything out and found out that it was a neutral on out at the light at the electric pole was bad. They replaced it, and the voltage was gone. So, if you notice anything that you think is odd, even if it's not real bad, you might want to. Well, See, I have. Uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Tim. I'm sorry. I was going to say I have my Dell laptop computer, and it always feels rough. Is the way I describe it when you touch it, no matter oh, which like, way well, you, you plug feel it like in a or hum in your fingers. Yeah. Uh huh. Yep. And it doesn't matter which way you plug it in. This one has a, a regular pl- uh, plug on the power supply. And even if I use, I have two power supplies that work with it. One has a three-prong connector and the other one doesn't. And they both feel that way. And I don't know why that is. It's only that computer. I've noticed it on appliances, and this is kind of a dumb thing to do, but I know Chris does it, and I'm not, I'm, so I'm not the only one that does. Um, for example, we use an Instant Pot. And... I know it, I know this is going to sound really crazy, but it works. Uh, if you want to make sure that your your system is ground, your thing, your stuff is grounded. If you take your ear, <laughs> the cartilage, the outside, the, the outside of your ear, and you just sort of slide it real lightly on the uh, instant pot. If it's not grounded correctly, you'll feel a hum on, on your ear. And it shouldn't do that because if you were touching the instant pot, and you might touch the stove, you might get a little bit of a shock. Yeah. Now we Dave. have that with our our KitchenAid mixer. Yeah. Yeah, that'll do it. Now, Dave, I I know that in, in today's society they're not supposed to use them, or but do you know anyone that still has fuses? Because there are people who still have them. I, I I'm sure. And they, they can be dangerous if, if they're not replaced properly or if you try to rig something so you don't have to replace them. Like, yeah, you know, a lot of people the, try to replace them with pennies. That's pennies, it. Yeah. That's, not, that, that's, a, that's a disaster and they're ready to happen. When I bought my house and where I used to live, and I didn't, I didn't know um, what they did because the fuses were in the box. But what I didn't know was that the fuses had blown and they put pennies in behind there and then screwed the fuse back in. Mm-hmm. So that's not a good thing. I I don't know anybody anymore that has fuse boxes. Not, oh, not personally. I'm sure they do. I do. His, his name is Tim Orney. Yep. <laughs> yep. We have we have a fuse. Well, we have a combination of breakers and fuses in this house. And uh, I've thought about buying, but I've I've heard pluses and minuses for the the. Um, breakers that you can buy that screw into the fuse box. Right. Uh-huh. Um, I haven't heard, seen any of those. I heard that they work. Yeah, I've heard they work, but I've also heard negative reports on them from 
well, a long time ago from Consumer Reports, but I don't know. Maybe they've... But maybe that's also a good thing to talk about, Dave. Do you recommend t- checking your circuit breakers every so often? Because they can go bad occasionally. Yes, they can. Uh, I've replaced yep. um, a couple uh, circuit breakers in our breaker box because they... You know, after a while, you know, especially if you you have a pretty good load on the on the circuit that you're using, like you might have a air fryer and a June or a... Hey, he's talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> and if you, you know, if they get a load on them, eventually the, the receptacle or the uh, breaker goes bad. And um, I would advise to have an electrician replace those, though, because... How would you know if it was going bad? It'll trip. It'll, you know, it'll, it'll, you'll be doing something and it'll shut off. Especially if it's something you've been using for, you know, a couple of years and all of a sudden it's, you know, the, the breaker trips and you have to go reset the breaker. And that means. Didn't you, know, you put a heavier breaker in one of ours? I did. I've replaced. Because uh, I kept. <laughs> she kept popping the breakers. I did put a heavier breaker in there. We do have a hand raised from Ellen, so I'm going to have you. Can you unmute yourself, Ellen, please? I'm right here. Okay, Go ahead. Can you hear me okay? Yes, okay. we can. Oh, um, we had, well, this was happened a few years ago um, when uh, Joseph's wife, Jenny, was still alive. She was using uh, an oxygen concentrator, and then uh, we had a space heater. Now, oxygen concentrators and space heaters do not get along we actually blew a fuse doing that and um but fortunately we were able to you know fix the problem but that's another safety issue you do not need to put because the the space heater was right next to the concentrator and uh that's not a good idea well and a space heater draws a lot of power yeah uh, they're, exactly. they're usually they're usually what 150 uh 1500 watts or something like that if you've got that plugged in and you might have a coffee pot or something plugged into that you're most likely going to trip that yeah so i bringing up fuse fuse boxes reminded me of that so i just thought i'd share that it's a good point yeah thank you ellen i appreciate it um is it, is it a good idea to plug your space heater into its own outlet without a bunch of other stuff on there? It is a good idea because um, the average space heater um, will they'll they'll pull like maybe thir- they can pull as, as high as thirteen amps. That's a lot of power to be pulling off a receptacle with that and have other things on that same circuit. And what a lot of people don't realize, what all is on the circuit that they're plugging into, you think, okay, all the kitchen stuff's going to be on one. No, that's not true. Um, so what we did, and it's a good idea when you have time, to go around with an electric razor or a hairdryer and try each receptacle and see what circuit it belongs to because well what we did we had somebody at the breaker box yeah yeah you need two people yeah it takes two people but you go through each one of the receptacles flip the breakers until you find the one that goes off and then of course we labeled that and everything that was on that same circuit we found that out and that way uh, if we need to if a breaker gets tripped we know what uh, what what is not going to work. Well, we also know 
if if we want it because they're we've we've numbered them and in your breaker box at least in ours they're in two rows from top to bottom and we just numbered them down the left and then down the right so if we want to know whether we can plug this into that circuit we can look and see what else is on there and see if we think it might give us a problem so and they're scattered all over the house we have things on circuit two for example that are everywhere i mean they're not just in one place yeah because the problem was this house was remodeled and when they remodeled they left a lot of the circuits controlling this you know more than one thing and well if you think about it you probably wouldn't want your kitchen all on one circuit because that would mean you'd have to have a pretty heavy breaker even if the stove was separate right now in our kitchen it's on two different circuits and i know that if i need to use two air fryers in the june i can't plug all those things into the same circuit so there is another receptacle that i know is not on that circuit that i can use for one of them right in my, in my apartment it, it seems to me that the stove is on its own breaker and the dishwasher is on its own breaker well that's right that and, that was by and design. then i have uh, an air conditioner in my, in my living room that runs on 220 and there's a switch on the wall right under where the air conditioner is and when you turn that push that switch in the down position that will that that will enable the space heater that, that heats up the living room to operate without you can't operate the space heater and the air conditioner at the same time in my oh, well, right. that makes sense right no have you seen circuits like that dave or, or oh yeah there's a lot of houses have little problems like that so i'm wondering if my if my my heating in my house is also on 220 i know the air conditioner is so maybe the heating is as well so i don't know but it could be. I I don't know because I don't know the kind of heat that you have. But well, it's electric, and oh, um, they, it would definitely be two twenty. Yeah, a lot of times they will put the stove and the dishwasher and the air conditioner and the furnace all on separate circuits because they put put them on their own circuits. Bill, well, especially I know a clothes oh, dryer is another one. Yeah, because that runs on two uh, two hundred and twenty volts instead right. of a house current. And so you you definitely wouldn't want to put that on a different circuit because it probably wouldn't handle it. I think our heat tapes for the roof have their own circuit as well. They do. Bill, would you like to come in again? I know you probably have yeah, a question. Real, no, well, real quick, I got a, a question, but I was going to say if you can afford to do it, it costs a little bit of money. But I've got every, in my house, oh, probably 10, 11 years ago, I rewired my whole house, and there's not one major appliance on the same circuit. Every every other, the refrigerator has its own, the freezer has its own, the dishwasher has its own, the stove has its own, the microwave has its own, the kitchen outlets. There's two different circuits for those, and I've wired it to where net, the house is never totally dark. If you blow a circuit, you always got a light. There you go. I, I mapped I mapped that thing out. It caught it. You know, it wasn't cheap because I got 32 circuits. In my wow. Hey, that's about how many we have. <laughs> yeah, very right. close. Even, even the one that goes to the garage and the outside outlet, that's a circuit by itself. You know, I mean, I put, I put everything on circuit by itself pretty much. We, we had to start a, changing ours when we put the generator in. That was the beginning of some upgrades like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, can I get one more thing in? We were talking about furnaces a while back, and I didn't get a chance to get in about changing the filters. But... Um, Chris mentioned about a contract. I have a contract of mine, and there's a couple of things with the furnace that you want to make sure 
that you might be able to tell it, I don't know if you can, Dave, or not, but you want to make sure that the firebox is not rusting through when you get carbon monoxide. Oh, yeah. You're they, right. they always check that. I don't know. Sometimes you can't get to feel them, but uh, I had a furnace that way. It, it, uh, yeah, it some of those are too. pretty hard to get to because you got to take the whole side off the furnace and... Right, right, right. Your whole side, some of them, almost the top of it, you got to take off. But yeah, that's where that's, what that's where do. I call the service guy and say, "Get in here." <laughs> yeah, and Bill, I know that I was kidding around with Dave, right? I always kid around with you and Chris. I always say, "When in doubt, hire up." But when it comes to something like that, it, there is no doubt. Definitely hire oh, up. Oh yeah, right. Well, I, I got mine under a contract. My my AC and uh, furnace bolts, in fact, are coming next week with the furnace, and I check it every year. I pay I pay them. See, like it is nice because if I need them when it's in the middle of the night. They'll come. We have a, a, a couple more topics that we I wanted to get, get in. I need to get a quick quick comment in here real quick, Dave. Go ahead, Bill. You won't take but a second. Here's a call from Nancy. Hi, this is just a point about circuit breakers. Um, when using an oxygen concentrator, they do take a whole lot of power. And we have found that we have to make sure that we're very careful about what's on the circuit because um, I've blown circuits several times because of the concentrator. We cannot have, um, you cannot run a vacuum cleaner, have the air conditioner on in the concentrator because the circuit breaker will blow. That's just one quick example. So you got to be really careful about them. Thank you. Bye. Well, she's right about that. Thanks, Nancy. Um, the other thing, and Tim, you, I, um, I would imagine you're probably as curious about this stuff as I am. But if you've ever touched the wires that go to the receptacles when you're using a lot of stuff, like you might have, Chris might have the air fryer on, she might have the June on. And when we discovered, you know, that she couldn't, we couldn't have anything else on there because it would break, it would pop the breaker. But if you've ever been which I don't know how many of you guys would, folks would would do this, but if you ever are looking inside the wall where these wires are, they get hot and they shouldn't. Which means you know you're you're overloading the circuit, and that could be disastrous. Oh yeah, it could start a fire. It could start a fire. Dave, there have been many electrical fires caused by that. So that that's well, right. I know you had some other topics to talk about. Well, they're real quick. We just wanted to remind people, especially people that live where they need it often, this is a good time to make sure that you have ice melt or salt, whatever it is you're going to use. It's a good time to check out your traction devices for your shoes. We personally like Yak Tracks. Um, because they're good on snow or ice, and the little spikes do break on them, so it's a good time to check them out. And if you have a car, check out your antifreeze. Right, <laughs> and the um, battery. Yeah. <laughs> the last pair of Yak Tracks I bought came with extra spikes. Oh, nice. Well, now they've got these new ones, and we got them. We got them last winter, this past winter, and um, they're they called, they're called shoe chains. They they look like miniature. Automobile for your chains, car. Kind of. And you would not think these crazy things would work. They look like a piece of junk when you take them out of the out of the box. But they fit right over your shoes or boots and they're coated so that like if you have to walk outside when you put your shoes on or whatever boots on and you have to walk across the floor, you can do it because it's I wouldn't You jump need to on be careful, floor. yeah. But you can walk across the floor and to get outside. Those things we have walked in 
the worst ice conditions we've we've had around here. We've had some pretty doozies, and we have a blacktop driveway. And it's a hill. And it's a hill. So when you go down to check the mail, uh, you're not going to walk on that even with boots. So you you put these things on the boots, and you can go anywhere you want to go. You it's, still it's need amazing. to be careful. But if you do walk through ice melt or salt with those, you probably do need to come in and rinse. Rinse them off. Yeah, because they do get cruddy. Dave, do you have a snowblower? Well, we 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 have uh, we have a cordless snow snowblower. Well, it's actually called a snow thrower. And uh, it works pretty well. And as someone who's, who can't see, uh, you have no problems using it by, by yourself or having no. Uh-uh. It's it's battery operated, and it really isn't that loud. I think I don't know. I think we did a demo on that. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think you did. I think you did. The snow gel. I, I've, I've snow seen them on QVC. Yep. That's the one, the QVC. That's right. We right. had an yeah. electric one, but uh, somebody cut the cord. Yeah, I wonder how that happened. I don't know. I think her name was Chris. <laughs> she was supposed to pull the cord up as I was, I was supposed to watch up the, the cord, and I was trying to, but I didn't do such a good job. So pretty that's soon, only I heard if you this. have cable that you cut the cord, Chris. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Pretty soon it didn't work anymore, and he, we, some sparks flew, and you know. well, it, it was awesome spark sound. I should have <laughs> recorded it had I known it was going to happen. Now on those, you were talking about those uh, snow or the shoe. What were they called? The, the ones chains. That, the chains. Um, I have ones that are like they feel like a spring on the bottom. Yeah, and those yeah. work pretty good. Yeah, we have we have those as well. We just saw the shoe, shoe chains last year. Yeah, and I think there might be a Yak Tracks product. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they well put it this way they they make the they make the spring ones look sick. Uh, I mean, I mean as far as the way they work. Because they were just new this past year, and we thought we would try them. Because I don't like yak tracks because of the fact that they wreck floors. Yeah. You cannot walk on the floor with those. Well, they do make some yak tracks without the spikes, but they don't work quite as well on the ice. Yeah, I've seen those. That's why these chains work really well, because they don't have the spikes. You you still have to pick your foot up and set it down. You can't slide, because they are metal. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend you slide them across the floor. And what happens, do do you replace the chains when they go bad, or do you you buy new? You would just buy 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 new new ones, because it's all in one piece for each shoe. You just uh, stretch it over your shoe, and then there's a Velcro that goes up across the top of the shoe that holds them in place. And it works really well. Wow, pretty cool. So those are the safety things we have. And any, any, if anyone has suggestions, you know, we're always looking for suggestions of demos we can do or... Um, We'll even buy something if it's not terribly expensive, or we'll even buy something expensive if we think we'll use it. <laughs> How about that recipe, recipe Chris? Uh, we're, we're hungry. Okay, let Bill, did you have something? No, I'm just going to say, how about that recipe? Okay, I have it right here. This is a recipe for pork loin with whole cranberry sauce. Now, you can use the sauce with the whole cranberries or you can use the jellied kind. It doesn't really matter. This particular recipe calls for whole. It's one, this is also an, a slow cooker or instant pot recipe. You would use the instant, the slow cooker part of the instant pot. One pork loin, about four pounds, salt and pepper, 
garlic powder, one 16-ounce can of crushed pineapple, one quarter teaspoon of nutmeg, one can of whole cranberry sauce, or like I said, you could use the jellied, one quarter teaspoon of cloves, which is optional, and it's real easy. You just season your pork loin with salt and pepper and garlic powder and your um, cloves, if you're going to use them. Place it in the slow cooker. Mix the cranberry sauce and the pineapple and pour it over the pork. Cover and cook for 8 to 10 hours on low or about, let's see, what did that say? Uh, about 4 to 5 hours on low, 8 to 10 on high, 4 to 5 on low, and you want your pork to be about 160 to 165 on a meat thermometer when you check the internal temperature. You don't have to put any water in the in the slow nope. cooker? your sauce melts and your pineapple juice, you don't drain the pineapple, you just put the whole thing in there. Wow, I'm getting hungry just thinking about this, Chris. So, that's easy. And you just slice it, and when it's done, you take the pork loin out, put it on a plate, and slice it, and spoon the sauce over the slices if people want sauce. Oh my God, even I could do that. Yep. I, I th- Don't say that too loud, though, because I wouldn't want too many people to know that, Chris. But <laughs> We're going to put it in the New York Times. Thank you, yeah. Chris. I appreciate it. You're welcome. And Jeff's got one way of cooking. Oven, oven, oven. Microwave. Microwave. And top oh. of the stove occasionally, too. Uh, yeah, but he still cooks those steaks and salads. Yeah, I do. There you and go. Those chicken legs, and yep. still eats those David's cookies. Oh, yes. Chris, Chris, I just gained a hundred pounds just thinking about that. I keep those going. Gosh, let's see what time it is here. It is. Oh, we got a couple minutes, but don't yeah. be in a big hurry. On I just stairs, I realize. It's almost time. <laughs> and anybody that has suggestions, just let us know what you want us to talk about, demo, product-wise, recipe-wise. Let us know. Cause and I appreciate everybody staying on topic. I also appreciate the lady who wrote the coffee club and asked how to do something in the microwave that was nice and it lets us know people are listening right because when you listen then we it gives us encouragement to go on and do things and i wrote her back i looked up what she wanted to know because it wasn't something i do very often and wrote her back and posted so we can uh, a lot of people go to a website and they join the coffee club mailing list, and then they can get these little tidbits. So, it's, and great, uh, great stuff happens on the coffee club. Even once in a while, we hear Jeff sing, and it makes the dogs bark. And, uh, <laughs> I I try not to sing, uh, but I mean, I have a bet with my daughter. My daughter Brenda says to me, I, "I know you won't be able to cook me dinner." I said, "Well, we'll see sometime." And I'm really worried because I really am not a good cook, but I I promised her I'd cook her something. Do one of those um, slow cooker recipes because most of them are super easy and turn out really good. I probably will do that, Chris. We should have had the coffee club yesterday. Yesterday was National Coffee Day. <laughs> well, go. that's right. Today is National Love People Day. Hmm. <laughs> we, need, we need a little bit of that. 
<laughs> I saw that on CBS this morning. <laughs> we need a lot of that. I got to tell you, with what's going on in the world today, we certainly need a lot more love around here. Let me tell you. All right, guys. Well, we'll send it away to Tim, and thank you so very much. We'll talk to you all later. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody.